Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. What's up? Happy Monday. Welcome into Washington Training Camp Live. I am Craig Hoffman. Be joined in a little bit, hopefully, uh, by Chris Russell. Uh, he is talking to our boy Wes McElroy down in Richmond right now. And uh, as soon as he's done, we will talk to him here on Washington Training Camp Live. Streaming live every Monday and Friday, 1 p.m. on the Odyssey app. And, of course, it's a podcast, so you can kind of get it anytime, anywhere. Uh, if you are in the stream and watching the stream, then you see I have a fancy new mic flag that's been sitting on my desk since I was the beat reporter uh, for 1067 The Fan. And uh, I decided to add it on to the, to the fancy microphone stand that I have. So we are extra official on the podcast. We even have sound today. Look at us go. A professional operation. If you missed the first two episodes, great conversations. Uh, speaking of professionals with Logan Paulson and Julie Donaldson. I uh, talked to Logan a week ago today. Talked to Julie on Friday. It was really great to talk to both of them about this upcoming season. This, our last episode before a game. What? Yes. Training camp game or not training camp. Preseason game number one. It's coming. It's coming on Thursday night. Make sure you listen on the Team 980. Uh, and of course, we'll have reaction on Friday. Uh, and I'm assuming as the week goes here, we'll we'll hear a lot more from Ron Rivera about what his plan is for that game with the one less preseason game this year. You you think you get some starters action? Um, and obviously, Ron, uh, we got to see what his his whole thought process is, um, as opposed to what uh, we saw for five years in Jay Gruden, and then last year, obviously, uh, they didn't, didn't didn't do a preseason. They're just like we. We need to eliminate stuff because uh, there's a virus taking over the whole world. Uh, now, hey, look, it's Chris Russell, and he's and Chris. By the way, uh, we are we are going. So whenever you f- figure out your uh, your microphone situation, I'll bring you in. Uh, you can give me a thumbs up, Chris, if you can hear me. Uh, okay, that's good. Now we get to figure out if I can hear you, and we can talk some football. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm good. Isn't this fun doing this on the fly when we're live streaming? 
This is uh, this is an interesting uh, deal. Uh, sorry, I had to make a little connection over to uh, a little audible at the line of scrimmage. Let's just call it uh, over to uh, my speakers so that I could hear you, and I'm glad you could hear me. And now we can see each other. Now we can talk. Now we could be all friends and and yeah. Football. It's like, hey, Chris, I'm driving down the highway at 60 miles an hour. Get in. Here we go. And uh, and off we go with Chris Russell. I did want to play this bite real quick. Uh, so, Rooster, you can take a second to settle yourself as I was just setting up the show. Uh, but Friday night was the open practice. I know you were there uh, as part of the broadcast. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick stopped by the set and was asked why he's the right guy to lead this young team. I'd like to play his answer. And I'd like to start our discussion, Chris, with Fitzpatrick. So here's what Fitzy said on the broadcast. It's a bold statement for a guy that's 152 years old in the NFL. (laughs) Tom Brady's immortal, so he doesn't count. Um, But I think that he perfectly captures the, the struggle of playing quarterback in the league, which is you are in two simultaneous races. You are in a race mentally to learn as much as possible and be able to apply it as you race yourself physically in a deterioration of your skills because that's what happens when you get older. And Fitzpatrick, like Brady, um, in terms of, uh, I'll just say this, like Brady, but not to the level of Brady, I feel like that's a fair enough caveat, has been able to prolong the physical skills to have his mental ability continue to climb at past the level when most people have had to give up. Peyton Manning gets him inducted into the Hall of Fame last night because eventually he just couldn't throw the ball with enough zip and you know the, the mental toll or the physical toll it took to get his body every week, just ready every week. He wasn't willing to go through it anymore. And Fitzpatrick is still, in part probably because he's had a spottier career and hasn't had taken the consistent beating week in and week out, has been able to maintain that physical skill. Long preamble to ask you, Chris Russell, as someone who has been at practice, was at that session Friday night, what have you seen from Fitzpatrick so far this fall? And how has that changed or perhaps not changed your expectations for this team? I mean, you know, look, um, from what I've seen, I haven't been at every practice, but I've been, you know, like you mentioned, the Friday night practice at FedEx, which was um, he had only been there one other time, Craig, and that was in the 2010 preseason. He's never played a regular season game at FedEx Field, right? And I know Friday night wasn't, and obviously it'll be a, another month or so before you get there, but it was a little bit of a, you know, hey, like I've got to get comfortable with my surroundings, right? The stadium, it's been a long time since I've been in here and I've never played a meaningful situation. So obviously, again, Friday night was just a practice. Um, what I've seen the last couple of days is a very accurate quarterback for the most part, uh, a guy who pretty much gets rid of it quickly, who understands when his protection bubble is going to break down, meaning it's not just a oh, tick, 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 tick. Oh, now I've got to get rid of it, which we've seen with Taylor Heineke, quite honestly. We've seen with Steven Montez. We've seen with Dwayne Haskins over and over and over again in years past. So, 
it, it, it's just that mindset of I know I have basically about two and a half seconds, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, and I've got to make a decision and I've got to get rid of this thing. Uh, I haven't seen him scrambling as much, a little bit, but I think that's going to be a big element. I'm not sure how you feel about uh, about this, but you know, like I think people are going to be surprised how mobile he is for a a guy with a big stuffy beard who's 38 years old, right? I think they're going to be like, oh, okay. I, well, not that I, you're- yeah, not, not to disagree with your assessment of his skills. I don't know that people are surprised anymore because I feel like that's part of the Fitzmagic thing. It's okay. like, this is a dude that runs around. And I, and I think we know that. And honestly, I think if he's actually going to get the ball out quickly, mm-hmm. that will surprise people more. Just, okay. just as like someone who's watched Ryan Fitzpatrick and kind of, you know, not watch Ryan Fitzpatrick like on tape week in, mm-hmm. week out, right? But most of us have consumed Ryan Fitzpatrick sure. in highlight packages over the last five years and the Fitz magic of like, okay, when he leads Sports Center or, or he's at the top of, you know, everyone's Twitter feed, it's because he's doing the crazy run around business. Right. And, and so I, I do think people understand that he is mobile. Um, I think, though, that it's really encouraging, frankly, if he's getting the ball out quickly because that's his job. Like, they've got – when you have weapons that are as fast and as explosive and as dangerous with the ball as McLaren and Brown and Samuel, assuming he ever gets out there, uh, as all of these guys, Gibson out of the backfield, McKissick out of the backfield, all these dudes that are just ballers Mm -hmm. as ball carriers – Get the ball to them and let them go. Like getting yeah. them quickly in space is exactly the task. And so to hear that he's doing that, I think is way more exciting than like, yeah, he's still got it to be able to run around. I, I, I think that that's almost a given with Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's what I've observed just, you know, in the couple in, in a bunch of practices that I've been to now. I mean, obviously we know they can't be touched, right? So, but there's still a timing mechanism to this. You don't want your quarterback running. Like I, I saw a play. I think it was on Sunday where Taylor Heineke, yes, he throws a touchdown pass. Great. He held on to it for eight seconds and he was kind of like drifting and he was kind of rolling. And, you know, if it was a real live game, he would have been killed. Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't doing any of that. Right. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, to your point, wants to get the ball to all of his weapons and, and really like I expect, I mean, and clearly they are going to be a more explosive downfield offense as this season goes along. And clearly I think they are going to take deeper shots earlier this year in games than they did last year. They would only take deep shots when they realized the horizontal passing game wasn't working for either Dwayne or especially Alex. They would only then really kind of stretch the field and it would make an impact this year. I don't know about you, Craig, first, second series. I'd be shocked if you don't see a deep go or a deep post to loosen things up for all the underneath stuff, the screen by design, the seam routes that Logan Thomas can obviously run and, 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 and Ryan and, and, and also Adam Humphreys. I mean, how familiar and comfortable we've seen it time and time again, not as much on Monday, but in almost every other practice, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Adam Humphreys definitely very comfortable and on the same page. So I think it's going to be a completely different offense this year. Yeah, I'm curious because one thing that about deep shots in the league is, and you know this from watching tape, right, is there are a lot more deep routes than I think people realize, Mm -hmm. right? There's a deep option on a ton of plays, and typically it gets covered because no kidding it gets covered, right? The defense is not going to be like, yeah, I know which route I'm going to leave open, the deep one. I'm going to leave open the touchdown. No, um, it, it, it takes clever 
almost tricking of DBs, but with route combinations, with savvy route running, with all those things to actually unlock those deep routes. But also another thing that helps, obviously, is speed. If you can just flat out run by the defense, there's no trickiness to that. It is get off the line and go and be Mm -hmm. faster than the guy across from you, which is why this offense is so dangerous. But it's not like this is not even a defense of like Jay Gruden and Sean McVay and Kevin O'Connell and those guys um, because I covered them or or whatever. But like there were a lot more deep shots, if you will, that were called and never thrown. And that is not that is every NFL offense. Now, there are things you can do as a coaching staff to emphasize those like hey i'm telling you i want you to throw into double coverage on this play because we trust 17 right those types of things that i don't think were happening um whether it was because of the particular quarterbacks that were here whether it be cousins or smith in particular who were far more conservative in terms of wanting to see things open deep whether it was the coaching points of yes we put a heavier emphasis on our horizontal passing game all of that but the personnel from quarterback to receivers is absolutely in place that they should be calling the plays more often that are more likely to get the deep shots. Because a lot of times, if we're also being honest, a lot of those deeper routes are merely clearing routes. And the the offense knows it, right? Yeah, you're going to go run a 30-yard go route, but really we're trying to create that 15-yard out underneath Mm -hmm. against a cover four, and we're trying to clear out that DB on on that side. So there's all those those little intricacies of route running that, like, yeah, if someone blows a coverage, there's a guy running deep, but is that Mm -hmm. a real deep shot? Or, like, I think more of what you're talking about, I'm just talking about, you know, what I said for clarity, but, like, I think what you're talking about is, like, by design, we're calling our shot plays, not the one that's a clearing route, not the one that's designed to open up something underneath, the one that's really designed to go deep. We're doing that more often. And and it's not just early, too, because I think you think a couple of years ago, I think it was my last year on the beat, 19 at Philly week one, McLaren gets that shot early and yeah. everyone's like, oh, God, the stuff we saw in training camp might be like this kid might be a monster. And then it just how often did it happen the rest of the season? And so the consistency of those big plays, I think, is the other thing to look out for is not just can you establish it early, but can you keep it going all year long, especially when defenses have seen some of your your best and can game plan for it? No, good point. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with, you know, all of that assessment. I mean, I I think the thing that I'm most excited about when when you look at this offense is it's going to be really, really hard for a defense, no matter how much game planning is done, and obviously none of it is done right now, but it's going to be really hard for a defense to say, aha, I'm going to take away that guy and take my chances with everyone else because assuming that everyone else is healthy, and I know Curtis Samuel is not on the field right now, so we got a long way to go before we know that Curtis Samuel is going to be right or what they paid for, and then obviously you got to keep everybody else healthy. That's just the point. There's so many different options between Samuel McLaurin, Deami Brown, Logan Thomas, Adam Humphreys out of the slot. And that's just, again, the top four guys, never mind anybody else. But also Antonio Gibson as a running back leaked out in the slot, spread out as a wide receiver. Then uh, Logan Thomas, again, running seams, running sideline outs, doing all sorts of different things. Um, there's so many different options and ways that they can hurt you and hurt you with speed and athleticism or and size in some cases when it comes to Logan Thomas, or even if you want a little more size and Cam Sims as you go deeper into the rotation. I really think it's going to be hard for defense to say, aha, I'm going to take away that guy. Aha. Aha. Uh, 
So which you which you know there was a lot of aha that they they're going to take away the guy that can hurt them the most. Yeah, I, I think the statute you know. of limitations is up on this at this point. I remember sitting down uh, at one point offsite with McVeigh one summer. Um, he and I got together, and this was probably the summer of sixteen, mm-hmm. um, maybe summer of seventeen. Uh, no, it probably would have been sixteen because he was yeah, gone by seventeen. That was his last year, right? Yeah. So fifteen yeah. and sixteen, I was here and he was here. Um, so I, I, whatever, whatever summer it was, maybe it was between 15 and 16 cause he left after 16 to go to the Rams. Mm-hmm. So there's it. I did it. I solved the problem. It's like a word problem on your kid's homework. Uh, so I was, I was like, and, and also Deshaun and Pierre had left. Right? right. So we're talking about basically his job. And I had similar conversations with O'Connell over the years, uh, as, as Kevin ascended of, we know when teams go to their defensive whiteboard and they're like, all right, Washington, here's the game plan. They write 86 up there, circle it, put a big X over it, right. and then be like, we did it. We <laughs> solved him. Because after Deshaun and Pierre left, there's nothing but Jordan Reed. And obviously mm-hmm. Jordan had his, his own injuries. And sometimes there would be no one on the whiteboard. It's like, hey, guys, we're going to have a great week. Right. Um, and it showed in, in how they, they had to do it. There was nobody out there that, that could really dictate coverage. Um, Terrell Pryor couldn't do it. All the other dudes that came through here who I don't – Josh Oxen obviously was supposed to be that guy. But, but you know, they would – you know, How did that I, work? <laughs> right. But, like, you know, I, I remember talking to Kevin at one point. And he'd be like, yeah, you know, in the red zone, they, they'd, they'd maybe put Doxson up there, you know, watch the fade. Uh, but it wasn't like there was a whole bunch of route tree to, right. to defend. Um, and, and, you know, on down the list of, of lack of weapons, you know, Crowder, watch him on this particular route, whatever. Um, but now with Terry, obviously big giant 17. He's a legit number one receiver. We have to know where he is on every play and every route and protect, protect against it all. Well, that's great. You put a safety over there. Well, now you got Samuel on the other side. Now you got Deami Brown. Now you got Thomas. Now you got all these dudes. And that is a complete game changer offensively. And by the way, your running game should be, shouldn't be half bad either. So it's not like you can just stack up, play 20 yards off the line because Gibson, Barber, and, and even McKissick can gash you a, a little bit inside and you start giving up six, seven yards of carry. That's a problem. That all sounds great. However, uh, let me ask you this. How do you feel about the line's ability to actually protect for all this? Ron was asked about this. I think this was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, August 8th. I'm reading this from the transcript. I uh, said uh, on what he thinks about the depth on the offensive line. We're still rolling guys around. As far as our depth is concerned, there's a lot of guys that have a lot of ability, a lot of potential to start. I mean, that's the nice thing about having these three preseason games. We got an opportunity to see everybody, get everybody a chance to compete. We're going to roll some people around with our ones, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens isn't exactly a quote, Chris Russell, that inspires confidence about an offensive line at this point in training camp. No, and, and, and you know, listen, I, I mean, there's been some, some concerning signs, let's just call it, against a very good defensive front, yes, but not just Montez Sweat and Chase Young. They've done a pretty good job the last couple of days against a guy like Chase Young, right? Montez Sweat has had more of an impact, but it's been the James Smith-Williams uh, and, and other, uh, quite honestly, defensive linemen, the Devereaux Lawrence is blowing up run plays in the backfield, so on and so forth. I don't want to get too deep in the woods here, but you know. Um, and, and again, it's just practice. It doesn't mean it's going to exactly work out this way once the games start for real. But the offensive line to me, uh, Craig, I, I went into this – before they cut Moses, I was like, well – 
Look, you know, clearly I understand why you would want to draft a guy like Cosme. Good value in the second round, 51. I didn't love them in the first round, but I thought to get them where they did, certainly good value. I understood that. I understood bringing in a veteran that maybe becomes unexpectedly available in a Charles Leno, and he's looked really good since uh, coming back from a family tragedy uh, just the last couple of days. Um, I think it's better than it ever has been in the last, you know, four or five years, clearly. Uh, because even when they had Trent here, and even when they had Trent and Brandon and Moses here, there was always leaks in the interior, number one, number two, certainly in depth. So I think from, from one to 10, it's a lot better than it has been. That being said, do they have any killers like Trent Williams? Of course not. Are they more solid or above average than great? Yes. They're not a mauling offensive line. They never will be probably. And quite honestly, I don't even know if Scott Turner wants to be a mauling offensive line. I know they're coached well. Matsko is really hard on them. I know they've got better depth. I'm a little bit worried about... You know, if something happens to like Cornelius Lucas, I want to see, okay, if, if to me, that'll be the key. Like if Cornelius Lucas can get, can ramp up and be the starting right tackle, which I think he's better at than even left tackle, then I'll feel better. Like if I don't have to expose Cosme to Bosa in week one, that type of thing. Um, I think they're solid up the middle with Chase Roulier. Obviously the sheriff situation, we know how, we know he's really good, but He's not going to be here next year in all likelihood. The question would be, okay, at left guard, is it Flowers or Schweitzer? I feel actually pretty good with whoever they put ultimately there. I think it'll be Schweitzer, but it could be Flowers. I don't know. Uh, he Flowers kind of taken a little bit more of the one-team reps. Again, I, just to kind of button this up, I feel pretty good about this unit. I don't ever think it's going to be a dominant kick-ass Cowboys when they're all healthy type unit. That's not what they are and don't expect that. But I think, again, with a veteran quarterback and the quick timing release of Fitzpatrick, they'll probably hold up better than people think. Yeah, it, it's the kind of thing that if you're good enough, your scheme, your play calling, your quarterback, your weapons on the outside, like these things all work together. And then this was this was the Josh Norman thing in, in a different position group. Part of the reason Josh was so damn good in Carolina is because that defensive line was sick and his anticipation and his smarts were second to none with the peak of his career. His ability to know exactly what was coming, know that they, like there were no second options for a quarterback because of how good that defensive line was meant that he could jump routes, use his ball skills, get interceptions, break, you know, do all the things because he knew that he wasn't going to like, if, if a receiver hit a double move on him, who cares? The quarterback sacked. There wasn't the time. And so when he got here, he really struggled in certain years and with certain defensive line groups as they built it up and it wasn't a very good unit because he had to cover for four or five seconds and right. no DB was going to look great. Nevertheless, defensive player of the year caliber, which is obviously what they signed him for based off that money. And, and by the same token for an offensive line, if you have a quarterback that gets the ball out quick, like did Peyton Manning ever have a bad offensive line? Not really, because Peyton Manning never was going to allow himself to have an offensive line that got absolutely crushed. Right. Um, you know, Brian Fitzpatrick, we'll see. Um, he His escapability, 
his ability to get the ball out quickly, play calling that is going to emphasize potentially on a bad matchup day, uh, some quicker routes. Like, yeah, we talked about all the deep stuff, but like, hey, let's get the ball out on some screens. Like, let's mm-hmm. get the ball out on some some quick slant routes. Let's get the ball out on a quick out. Um, obviously, mixing in your running game, keeping a defense off balance, all those things, not to mention the very personnel of, yeah, you're not going to load up against a run game and just absolutely crush this offensive line because that's too many slow dudes on the field against the speed that this offense has. So there's a lot of stuff that can happen. Obviously, there is a threshold. There is a a barrier to entry. You must be this high to ride the ride. You must be this good for all these other factors to actually help you out. But Washington has all those other factors. So even if this group is a bunch of average players – you can have them perform at the adequate level to be a productive offense. Yeah, no doubt. In my opinion. And, and, and listen, you know, I, I mean, there's still some questions about depth, right? I mean, if something happens to Charles Leno on the left side, now he's made 93 straight starts, but I mean, it's a physical game. You never know, right? It's the NFL. And they're going to have to, you know, probably move Lucas over from right tackle to left tackle and put Sam Cosme there. And that's going to be an area that people are going to attack. Uh, if something happens to Chase Roulier, Again, he's been sturdy and dependable. I don't know if they have a great option at backup center. I mean, as Tyler Larson's okay. Keith Ismael's down on the ground a lot. I don't even know if he's going to make the roster. They just signed a model, for crying out loud, uh, at center in John Toth uh, on Monday morning. He's a model. Yes, a model. I, I know. I know. I, I was surprised. Too, but I would like to know. I would like to have him on the podcast. Uh, go check it out. I mean, he's a model. I'm sure we could get him. But I mean, the bottom line is, is I think they're they've got some concerns there, right? How good is Sadiq Charles going to be, right? Is he more of a guard than a tackle? I think he is more of a guard than a tackle. Can he play tackle? Yes, in a pinch, I suppose. They've been working him a lot on the right side at right tackle because that's theoretically easier than left tackle. But you know. And I know that just because you're at the right tackle doesn't mean you're not going to face good pass rushers. As a matter of fact, a lot of defenses, and Washington did this for a long time with Ryan Kerrigan, put one of their best, if not their best pass rushers, over on the left side of the defense and therefore the right side of the offensive line. So these are all questions that are just going to have to be answered by production and health. All right. Last thing for you on the way out, because you have a, a radio show in 33 minutes and uh, you probably need to talk to Pete and not well, me. Actually so can... at three o'clock, three o'clock. Oh, you guys. Are, that's right. You guys start yeah. at three. Yeah. I, I got both station schedules in that's my head okay. and uh, things that's go. Right. Oh, I, I mean, guess, I, I guess you I just volunteer to do this though. podcast I, I, more often. I could use, I could use a little lunch. I mean, I, I, I same, know. same. It's almost lunchtime. Yeah. Uh, which I'm is another the great Greg Hoffman diet. Yeah. Today, today's today's lunch, I believe. Uh, my my lovely girlfriend, I believe, is downstairs making some air fryer chicken tenders. So Ooh. I am pretty pumped about those. Sweet. I'm gonna eat like a child today, and I'm excited about Sweet. it. Nobody cares. Here's what they care about, uh, or at least something you care about. <laughs> you used to rail against Jay and and that staff about the tempo at practice, yeah. about all that kind of stuff. You've now been able to go to practice, right? Last year yeah. we were we were barred uh, due to COVID right call now you've had a chance to actually see what this team looks like practicing what has been your impression of a ron rivera practice uh because you also have the the perspective of seeing shanahan and and those guys back in the day as well like it's not like jay was the only one you you saw so how how do you how do you have impressed have you been or not i i I, this is an honest question i haven't talked to you about this um with Rivera and the practice tempo and kind of the the general professionalism that is around the club now compared to 
previous eras? Yeah. So, so a couple of things. Uh, so last year we, you know, we were able to attend like a bunch of training camp practices under Ron. We just didn't have, you know, I mean, there were all sorts of different rules, right. But, but this year it's, a, it's obviously a little bit different, like you said, comparing, and it's hard to exactly side by side compare it with Jay and Mike and even Jim Zorn. I did him for a year. Mm -hmm. um, but there, the one thing I will say clearly, and I mean, there is a different crispness. There is a different intensity. There is a different pace. There is a different tempo. There is a different business-like approach. Ron Rivera to Jay Gruden. Maybe that's not fair to Jay, but that is what it is, right? I mean, you right. can be... Well, I think you can argue how much it matters, but you know, the observation is the observation. Yeah. I, think, well, I think your argument was always like, that mattered a lot, where I was like, I don't know, does it? But well, so far, you know, I mean, here, here's what here's what I know. Ron believes it matters. Right. Ron believes tempo and and the approach that his staff takes matters in terms of the little things. Right. And, and we can't argue that Washington, while they weren't the most talented team under Jay Gruden, sometimes they would do the most befuddling things. And, and, and Ron's teams are going to make mistakes. They're going to make bad decisions and they're going to take penalties. But I think there was a different level of kind of accountability of maturity of, of, of prepare, preparation, even with all of the logistical challenges of last year. Craig, when I am at practice there, again, there really is no downtime. You remember there used to be like, you know, 11 or 12 periods, right? So it's almost always 12 periods from what I've seen. Uh, and it's usually like two special teams periods. So they're emphasizing special teams more, which I think is really important because if there's an area that I'm concerned about that nobody's really talking about for the most part, it's special teams. Hop struggled last year. Uh, they have a new long snapper. I mean, Tressway, we know how great he is. They don't have a clearly defined returner. So those are the little areas that I think you see uh, in terms of a little bit more attention paid towards. And then you, again, don't see kind of the... I, I mean, obviously he got rid of the ping pong table and, and I know people don't think that matters, but he, he didn't just get it. rid of the ping pong table. He got rid of Sunberg. He got How rid of Sunberg. He. he got rid of Case Keenum. He got rid of, you know, all, all the guys that were hanging. Yeah. Adrian Peterson that were hanging around, you know, the, 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 the ping pong table. But I mean, you don't see guys joking around a whole lot. Like it's business like approach from the get go and from word one and minute one, they're on the field. They know they've got two hours. They're going to work their asses off for two hours and they're going to get off the field, period. There's just a different maturity level, responsibility, business like approach. And I would even say, look, there were times under Mike Shanahan where I thought it was kind of a little bit lax mm. as maybe they were adjusting to the new rules out of the 2011 CBA. Now everybody's dealt with these rules, Craig, as you know, for eight, nine, 10 years, whatever it is. So they right. kind of know, okay, we've got a limited time. We've got to get going and we've got to make the most out of the limited time we have. Chris Russell is with Pete Medhurst in the afternoons on the Team 980 and right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, Rooster, you are probably most likely to get a second call on this podcast <laughs> later as training camp goes based off a number of factors, including how much I enjoy watching or uh, talking football with you. I, Thank I you, sir. I very I much appreciate, appreciate it. You. It's great to be with you. Good to see you. And uh, hopefully we will get to talk football very soon, my friend. Indeed, indeed. Uh, game one on Thursday. Listen to it. Following Russell on the Team 980. And then we will be back Friday for another edition of Washington Training Camp Live. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 